Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Wrapping up the NFC East previews today with the Dallas Cowboys. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News with us. Michael, appreciate the time on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well, Kayla. How are you? Doing fantastic. You know, we have to start here with the Dallas Cowboys. There's always a plethora of different ways we can go, but let's start with Dak Prescott. Last season, 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He made a really big deal about cutting down on the number of interceptions thrown this season. Did he add more pressure right onto himself for this season with uh, already the mounting pressure that comes with being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys by uh, making that interception comment? Well, I think, I mean, he, he, it was very uncharacteristic for him to have the 15 interceptions that he had last year, which led the NFL, despite him having missed five games to a thumb fracture. Uh, just very uncharacteristic. And I think part of the reason, when you really unpack each of those interceptions, part of the reason for most of them uh, had to do with the receiver core and had to do with some of the communication in the passing game, had to do with some of the things that were really emphasized, not just for the personnel department, but for coaching staff as well. And so there's just a lot of confidence within the Cowboys building that, you know, the communication will be better, the understanding of the why to certain route combinations, like all those things, along with progressions, like in the footwork, how everything's uh, kind of, you know, why the wide receivers have a better sense of Dak's footwork on a given play. Uh, There's just, again, a lot of optimism that not just from Dak Prescott, but from other players in this offense as well, that that interception number is coming down. You know, let's just kind of stick with the interceptions there for one second. At the wideout position, there seemed to be a lot of chatter that the connection between C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott was maybe some more route running concerns with Lamb. The team also added Brandon Cooks, who is an incredible talent, but he has struggled to stay healthy. Michael Gallup looking to get back into form himself. So when you combine the new wide receiver room, how have they looked within camp and how have they been connecting with Dak Prescott? Yeah, it's looked good. It's definitely improved because, you know, this time last year, the Cowboys had moved on from Amari Cooper. They had moved on from Cedric Wilson. Both those players uh, gone via trade and free agency, respectively. And the way that they moved on and, 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 you know, they had Michael Gallup, who was coming off of an ACL. They had Jalen Tolbert, a third-round pick, who ended up only catching one pass all season. He just mentally uh, wasn't where he needed to be for a variety of reasons. And then James Washington was a, a, you know, a signing from Pittsburgh, and he didn't catch a single pass all year. Uh, this time last year, he was uh, recovering from a foot fracture he suffered in the opening practice of training camp. Um, so they, they really lost some, some big pieces, and, and the cupboard never really was replenished. Uh, but now Tolbert has looked a lot better year two. Gallup is a full season removed from the ACL. Brandon Cooks has been incredible, uh, not just in his own merit, but the way he's been a mentor to players like uh, Jalen Tolbert and so overall it would be also not to overlook uh, the rookie seventh round pick Jalen Brooks who's, who's really impressed the Cowboys and you know more of a depth guy at this point but he's there uh, you know the depth should be much better and the starting top talent should be better so his receiver core is is no doubt improved although you know tight end missing Dalton Schultz um, you know that's something that we have to watch because Luke Schoonmaker has only practiced for about a week uh, and he missed uh, the bulk of spring and Again, the first couple of weeks of training camp with a foot injury. So that's something to continue to monitor. 
Uh, Kellen Moore, he is off to Los Angeles. Mike McCarthy, he's now going to be the play caller. Have there been noticeable differences in the offense so far between the two? And how is the relationship with Dak and McCarthy, not necessarily just head coach to quarterback, but now head coach, offensive coordinator to quarterback? Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Um, I think the cadence is different. The pre-snap operation should be tighter, as we hope, with, with fewer pre-snap penalties. Um, they, uh, you know, some of, again, the, the emphasis on, on footwork and communication and the why, just a better understanding overall of the offense. There's actually more volume that Mike McCarthy has relative to when Kellen Moore was the play caller and installer, uh, lead installer of this offense. Um, but then there's, like, just, there's some other things that's really pass protection that um, has really come a long way, the Cowboys feel, um, that they, they think they're going to be able to keep Dak Prescott upright a bit more, which they hope can lead to his first full season in quite a while. So um, there, there are a lot of changes. And, you know, just by nature of Mike McCarthy's new role as the play caller, he is more involved in the offense. His fingerprints are all over it. Um, you know, the ownership is there. And so he's delegated responsibilities elsewhere on the practice field. But his focus, no doubt, is on this offense. And, um, you know, right, right now, you know, I, I think it's still something that we have to kind of wait and see in terms of if it, it goes as it, the Cowboys hope it goes in terms of all these changes taking. Uh, but if it does, then when you pair that with this defense, you're talking about a pretty formidable team in the NFC. Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, talking all things Cowboys right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. So we've been talking about the quarterback. We've been talking about the offensive game plan changes with Mike McCarthy, the outside weapons for Dak Prescott to throw to. But how about where it all starts up front with the offensive line? What is the latest on the contract situation between offensive lineman Zach Martin and the team and with or without Martin on the squad uh, to start the season? How does that change this offensive line, a unit that at one time was really considered the best in football. Yeah, I was told this morning status quo. Uh, that's the one. That's the way that someone uh, described for team stand. So there, there isn't an update um, as it as of right now uh, pertaining to Zach Martin and his holdout. I mean, he's just around the million dollar mark in terms of fines. He's getting close to that. Um, so this has been very, very expensive, very, very elongated, and you no doubt you, you feel his presence uh, lacking on the on the field. I mean, this guy is a future pro football hall of fame inductee uh, for a reason, you know, seemingly every year he's a first team all pro, um, you know, you don't just replace a guy like that. So they're, they're feeling the effects on their offensive line of not having them. But that said, Tyler Smith, the 2022 first round draft pick, he's working at left guard. He's been impressive. Tyron Smith looks good and staying healthy at left tackle. Granted, nobody looks good all the time when they're facing Michael Parsons, but good overall. And Terrence Steele at right tackle, he's, he's very much back in the screen of things, coming off of a, a major knee injury, ACL, MCL, MTFL tears uh, last December. So overall, there's a lot of good there. Tyler Biotis as well, Pro Bowl center. There's, there's still some pieces to this thing, but when Zach Martin's not there and you don't have Zach Martin and Terrence Steele doing their combination blocks the way they do inside zone and duo, like when this really bread and butter of this offense is, 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 is that concept in the run game, when, when you don't have Zach Martin – it, it, it puts more pressure on, on the run game. It puts more pressure on, on obviously, Dak Prescott. Um, there, there's a much you – know, I, I think it, it's kind of a shame because when you look at what this – you know, Zach Martin has been with the Cowboys for about a decade, and he hasn't been to a Super Bowl. He hasn't been to a conference, you know, championship game. And this, to me, is the team that he's kind of been waiting for. This is the best team that the Cowboys have had since they drafted 
Zach Martin. Um, but because of his contract situation, because of the fact he's, you know, seriously, like objectively $7 million underpaid uh, relative to other top guards in the league, uh, because of that, he's not part of it. Is it surprising that uh, Jerry Jones and the rest of the, the organization that makes these decisions hasn't come together to get something done with Martin, kind of understanding the importance of him on the offensive line and just in general how the offensive line really is an underrated unit? You know, when I first came onto the Cowboys beat in 2019, there was a pretty important player as well in Ezekiel Elliott who was holding out. And not until really close to week one did they go ahead and you know, make, frankly, a really irresponsible contract offer that was accepted, but the structure of it was extremely player-friendly. Um, you, you just my, – my baby remembers it, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and so you, you – I, I think we're, we're still a little early in the whole lead-up to the season. So to say that they're, you know, standing pat right now, okay, that's one thing. But once September 10th gets nearer – and you're looking at a divisional game against the New York Giants on the road, and you're in the silent count. You know how comfortable, uh, how comfortable are the Cowboys then with not doing anything on the Zach Martin contract front? She obviously has some very big uh, thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott, so I'll stick with Ezekiel Elliott here. <laughs> uh, they, he's obviously not on the team anymore with the Dallas Cowboys, and they moved in the direction there of Tony Pollard at running back. Uh, he is coming off an injury suffered in the playoffs. So, one, how is Pollard's health heading into the season? And a larger question, what's your perception on Pollard really being able to take the role as lead back? Can he handle that workload? So great questions on both. Um, Tony Pollard says that he feels like he's back. Mike McCarthy says that Tony Pollard is back. Um, if, if that's the way he feels, that's the way the Cowboys feel, I'm, 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 I'm likely to just take them at their word. But I do think when you're talking about the running back position, you've got to see how these guys do when it's live. You know, even when you're in your pads and you're popping, you know, you're doing, you know, you know helmets are clash and all that in practice, you're still not taking a guy to the ground. So I, I, I I think it's fair until Tony Pollard steps on the field, uh, you know, in, in a couple of weeks here. Um, I think it's fair, or about a month, I should say, um, I, to, to just kind of take that wait and see of, you know, I don't think the question will fully be answered until we see someone try to tackle him. Um, as for whether or not he's going to be able to fully take that load, uh, again, another fair question. I, again, it's another tough one to answer today. I do think it is important, though, to note that Mike McCarthy doesn't want just one lead guy, you know, handling 80% of the touches. That's not what this is going to be. Um, and so the real question in this, you know, this preseason for the Cowboys that has been throughout camp thus far is, all right, who's going to be the number two? Is it going to be Rico Dattle? He seems like a natural compliment. He's really good in pass protection. He's a downhill type runner. Uh, they just really trust him. Um, he only had seven career carries to his name because of injuries the past two years. Um, Malik Davis, uh, he was an undrafted rookie last year. They really liked him as well. But they also, when Tony Pollard suffered his leg injury, Malik Davis was active, and he wasn't involved at all. Uh, it was Ezekiel Elliott without juice uh, in a playoff loss to the 49ers. When it, I remember in the press box wondering, why aren't they using Malik Davis? So maybe Malik Davis is the number two. We'll see. And there's also kind of a distant candidate, uh, six-round pick, Deuce Vaughn, he's five foot five. Uh, he's got some limitations on account of his size, but the Cowboys really like a lot of what he's shown so far in camp.
Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Let's flip this to the defensive side of the ball. Of course, there's Micah Parsons, his 13 and a half sacks last season, three forced fumbles. He continues to just be an absolute stud playmaker in Dan Quinn's system. Has it just been business as usual for Parsons so far? No. Well, I mean, he's 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 better than he's ever been. When, when your best player is also one of your most improved players, that is scary. That's how a defense takes a leap. That's how an entire team takes a leap. That's how you raise the bar in terms of the level of competition at practice. And, and so Micah Parsons has been locked in all offseason. Uh, just how seriousness he takes wanting to be great. I mean, he's an extremely competitive person. He's probably the most competitive athlete I've ever seen, that most competitive person I've ever met in my life. And when you take someone who just hates to lose, absolutely hates to lose, and loves to unlock how to be great at different things. When you have a guy like that who can run four, you know, four forty-yard dash, extremely explosive, you know, former youth wrestler, so he understands how to use his hands and leverage and contact balance. And now he's added more power to his game, more violence in his hands. And yeah, yeah, this guy is—he's unreal. He's—he's one of one. Uh, there's, there's no one like him. <laughs> You get a good real sense of my house. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're getting the whole experience today. I love it. Yeah, but now no, he's he's really been phenomenal, um, and the Cowboys uh, are really seeing him ascend to a height that they're really pleased to see him take his game. Trevon Diggs is rather risk reward from the corner position. The team also brought in Stephon Gilmore. So how has Gilmore looked, and will having both Diggs and Gilmore, how will that change what Dan Quinn wants to do or is capable of doing? Yeah, I think when you have two cornerbacks you trust like that, it, it, it probably helps you kind of pin your ears back a little bit more and go. Um, I, I will say there's when you look at Stephon Gilmore, his his role and impact. It's a bit like Brandon Cooks is in the wide receiver room where he's got all of his information and he passes it forward. He's passing it on to the younger guys. Just the way Jalen Tolbert has learned so much from Brandon Cooks, we've seen Stephon Gilmore teach so much to Trayvon Diggs and rookie Eric Scott Jr. and all these guys on the, in, in that cornerback room. So uh, it's been a, a huge addition for the Cowboys, that trade for both those players back in March, Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. Uh, what are the expectations here for Leighton Vander Esch this season? Aside from staying healthy, of course, have those injuries really started to take a toll on his playmaking on the defense, or is there an expectation for him to get back to that level uh, they expect at linebacker? Yeah, there's no concern right now for injuries. I mean, there's the spine will always be in the background. I mean, it's it's terrible to say, but like you know, it's yeah. What, what happened? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, my hands are full. Um, <laughs> Late, 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 no, but late Nate Esch, he um, he's the like the brain of, of the defense on the field. Uh, he's an extension of, of Dan Quinn. He's getting guys lined up. I know, I know. He's really good at football. Um, and he's also very versatile uh, this offseason. That's probably been a big difference for Leighton Van Der Esch, is that we're seeing him do more on the edge as an end, uh, you know, rushing off, 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 the, off the end. So that, that'll be something to watch this this season is, is just to see how Dan Quinn uses Leighton Vanish in new ways. Two more questions if we can fit them in here about the Cowboys. Do they feel set at place kicker? Obviously the trial and tribulations with Brett Maher last season. Is there a chance that they bring in Robbie Gould later on? I doubt we're going to see Robbie Gould or I doubt we're going to see Mason Crosby. I think we're, it's going to be Brandon Aubrey, a former 
two-time uh, USFL player. Uh, he only missed one field goal this most recent USFL season. Uh, they really like him. Or you're going to see a veteran who's currently competing elsewhere in the NFL. Uh, so the Cowboys will be monitoring Brandon Aubrey's progress, as long with monitoring some of these kicking competitions going elsewhere in the NFL. Michael, we really appreciate all of this, all of your juggling here. So I'll ask you, over under nine and a half wins for the season for the Cowboys. This is the best team I've covered in my 14 years as a beat writer. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea why the Cowboys, for all the hype that they're getting, are, are getting pinned with nine and a half wins. Uh, that's that's an easy over for me. You never know what's going to happen, but their range of outcomes, more likely than not, I would think they're going to do, they're having no problems surpassing nine and a half. Thanks to the whole family for participating. This was awesome, and we'll certainly catch up with you uh, later on in the season. Thank you. You bet. I got someone at my door. This isn't a wild interview, but I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Michael Gelkin there, the Dallas Morning News.